Our scripture reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to John. This is chapter 20, verses 1 through 10, and I am sharing with you from the message translation. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Early in the morning, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was moved away from the entrance. She ran at once to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, breathlessly panting. They took the master from the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left immediately for the tomb. They ran neck and neck. The other disciple got to the tomb first, outrunning Peter. Stooping in to look, he saw the pieces of linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived after him, entered the tomb, observed the linen cloth lying there, and the kerchief used to cover his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but separate, neatly folded by itself. Then the other disciple, the one who had gotten there first, went into the tomb, took one look at the evidence, and believed. No one yet knew from the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The disciples went back home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, on this glorious Easter morning, we thank you for this good opportunity. And in these crazy and uncharted days, we pray that you will help us to do something good with it. In your name, amen. We're going home. I didn't even have to read the email. It was going to be just like 20 other emails that I'd already gotten that week. We're all going home. Out of an abundance of caution, so many of our snowbirds left for the season early this year, something that I completely understand. But in a time when everything seems to be so scarce, toilet paper and masks and ventilators, it was a real kick in the teeth to find out to hear that the one thing we now have in abundance is caution and fear. That seems to be in abundance too. But Pastor Helen's email to me was different. Just like me, she was so sick and tired of hearing the words, out of an abundance of caution, that she decided to replace this mindset with one of her own. She was planning to move forward in an abundance of hope. And my friends, that's the difference between a Good Friday believer and a resurrection believer. The difference is hope. When it got to be late in the afternoon on Good Friday, Jesus gave up his last breath. Everybody saw it. The disciples, Mary, John, the soldiers, all of the people. There were many witnesses to Jesus' death. Many of those witnesses had been the immediate cause of his death. They wanted it. They planned on 
profiting from it. They saw a chance to expand their own power and importance. To those who were witnessing Jesus' death, those hours must have seemed like an eternity. To see him writhing in pain, calling out to God, groaning in agony. That Good Friday was not a day that was blossoming with an abundance of hope. No, that, that was a day of fear. It was a day of despair. And yes, there were people who planned on gaining from Jesus' death, but there were many who felt that they had lost everything there on the cross. Our world seems to be in a Good Friday season right now. It is long and it is painful, and there are many who are watching it unfold with pain and despair and fear. If you remember, Jesus didn't just jump down immediately after giving up his last breath from the cross. No, Scripture, scripture tells us that in between the cross and the tomb, there was this darkness. Not just for Jesus, but for his followers. Have you ever thought about what those days were like for Peter and the other disciples? What about for Mary, Jesus' mother? See, the cross to the empty tomb wasn't a magic show, and it wasn't a quick fix. The entire world walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And maybe, maybe that's how this time in history has felt to you. Operating out of a fear of the unknown, of, of scarcity, of caution. It, it would have been easy to see how many people who were living through it thought that Jesus' death would have been the end of their story. But then early in the morning on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was moved away from the entrance. She ran at once to Simon Peter and, and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, breathlessly panting. They took the master from the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Even in these early Easter moments, these resurrection moments, Mary is still operating out of an abundance of caution, an abundance of fear. If you look at the other Gospels, you know that Mary did not come to the tomb expecting to find it empty. She came with oils and spices to anoint Jesus' dead body. She did not come expecting or anticipating an abundance of hope. Maybe you are Mary this morning. And then there was Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved who left immediately for the tomb. They ran neck and neck. The other disciple got to the tomb first outrunning Peter. And stooping to look in, he saw pieces of linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived after him, entered the tomb, observed the linen cloth lying there, and the kerchief used to cover his head, 
not lying with the linen cloths, but separate, neatly folded by itself. Peter and the other disciple took off quickly, and they ran to the tomb. But the text doesn't seem to indicate that they did that out of an abundance of hope. It seems like it was more reactionary. That after several days of darkness, it it was something to do. It was something that gave them purpose. It was a direction that they could head in. Find out who took Jesus' body. Do something about it. Problem solve. Address a need. Get something done. Are any of you feeling that way this Easter morning? You're looking for purpose, for direction, for meaning. But if we're honest, not necessarily coming out of an abundance of hope. Then the other disciple, the one who had gotten there first, he went into the tomb, he took one look at the evidence and believed. No one yet knew from the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. Those two sentences don't seem like they belong together, do they? The disciples saw the evidence and believed, but no one yet knew from the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. So even with the evidence, what is it that made the disciple believe? If this passage was a word search, right in between that period after believed and right before then, in the next sentence, well, that's where you find hope. He had some tangible evidence. The body was gone. The linens were left behind. But instead of pursuing it like it was a mystery to be solved, instead of further questioning the soldiers and going in search of Jesus' body, the disciples then went back home. Now, don't misunderstand, brothers and sisters. They didn't go home out of an abundance of caution or fear or doubt or worry. They went home out of an abundance of hope that was born out of the promises of Jesus Christ that he would ascend to the Father, that he would prepare a place for them, and that where he would go, they would also be. They went home in hope, not a false sense of hope, but a hope that was grounded in Scripture, a hope that was rooted in the love of God, a hope that was ultimately going to be sustained by the power of the Holy Spirit. The whole idea of them going home should mean something different to us this year. This is not how we celebrate Easter, is it? See, usually Easter involves family gatherings and egg hunts and lots of food and and candy, tons of candy. When was the last time you heard someone say, well, for Easter this year, I'm going home. And yet, here we are, each one of us in our own home. In a little while, this service will be over, and and you might turn off your computer or your television and look around your house and think, now what? It's 
Easter. What am I supposed to do? Maybe, maybe you do exactly what the first disciples did. They stayed at home. They wrestled with lingering fears, not about Jesus, but about worldly powers. And they waited for Jesus, whom they knew, they knew even then was alive, to send them out into the world. Brothers and sisters, I get it. We are living through a moment in history where we are balancing on a razor blade between hope and fear. And I know that many of you, with all of your hearts, want to operate out of an abundance of hope because you know, you know that Jesus is alive and that his promises are secure. The disciples knew that too. But they knew that their hope would be put to the test against the world's fear. And they needed that moment of holy pause there in their home to wait on the Lord for direction. Because see, here's the thing. The world was never going to go back to the way it was before the empty tomb. When the earth trembled and shook at the moment of Jesus' death, the world was catapulted into this new reality, a new way of being. And the disciples, though living out of an abundance of hope, they just didn't know yet what that new way of being was going to look like. They didn't know just yet. Just because it's Easter morning doesn't mean that quarantine is over and that this virus is not a threat. What it means is that as children of the living God, we are secure in Jesus Christ, in the hope of the resurrection. And we have been blessed with this time in our own homes to wait on the Lord and to listen for his voice that will ultimately call us back out into the world to go and make disciples of all nations. I want our church to be ready to do that. Because when that day comes, that day will not look anything like the days that we have always known. And I want us to be ready. I want us to clearly hear Jesus' voice calling us in bold new directions. Because these days of holy, disrupted time are going to breed creativity and passion and new ways of being the church. And we will proceed back out into the world with an abundance of hope, just like the first disciples, but in a whole new way. To God be the glory now and forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen.